From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. The Easter holiday is this Sunday, and whether you celebrate or not, Sunday dinner is always a great time to add a delicious dessert to your menu. Today we'll talk about desserts that can turn a good meal into a great meal. Are you known for your cakes and pies in your community? What's your go-to sweet treat? Also, we'll talk about an upcoming international food festival at Mississippi State University. You can join the conversation with questions and comments. Give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or email the show. It's food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So the Easter holiday is this Sunday, and whether you celebrate or not, Sunday dinner is always a great time to add a delicious dessert to your menu. So today we're going to talk about the desserts can turn a good meal into a great meal. Are you known for cakes or pies in your community? What's your go-to sweet treat? Also this hour, we'll talk about an upcoming international food festival at Mississippi State University. We're always looking for your input as well, so to join the conversation, give us a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 or you can email the show, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing fantastic. I had an extremely long, wonderful weekend. Um, I hosted an event for the Mississippi Food Network uh, on this week, and it was absolutely wonderful. We had a lot of fun, and people came out to show their support there. I got to spend just a few minutes with my daughter. Hey, Cambry, if you're listening this morning, uh, I just absolutely adore her, Kevin. You know, she's my only child, and she's all grown up. And so every moment that I get with her now is just like over the top for me. So, I had uh, Blue Apron this weekend, so I had a lot of fun uh, cooking. Uh, had a new Blue ingredient <laughs> that I've never heard of before, black garlic. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know what they do to make it turn black, but it's much... Um, gummier i would say the consistency than regular garlic you had to chop it uh, and it was difficult to a lot of it stuck to the knife but i I managed to do it but like i said i had never encountered that before okay i've never had black garlic either you know so that looks like something that i need to add to my culinary list um and then i so i had uh that was a um a pork meatloaf uh with um some uh um um what would you say, fried cabbage, I guess, and some mashed potatoes with some miso. I also did some crispy catfish that had a kale um, curry um, sauce, and then there was something else on that dish that I don't remember now, and then also did a um, Philly-style cheesesteak sandwich that was very good. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was interesting because the bun, and I'm thinking, that bun is not going to hold all this meat and cheese. Uh, but it did, and it, it was quite good, and I had some roasted uh, potatoes to go along with that. So uh, I did learn, though, that, uh, you know, with a lot of stuff with the 
the spices, they always give you some, and then they say, you know, use as much as you need, depending on how spicy you like things. And there was a big chunk of curry, and I thought, well, I don't really <laughs> get spicy, so I put some in there, and I thought, well, let me just put a little more in there. And okay, a little bit goes Kevin, a long way. you don't way. even like that much heat, so. <laughs> well, I, but you, I, I, it also adds a little bit of flavor, so I figured that I need to put at least some in there. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was just about almost too much. And like I said, I put in one-tenth of the amount that they were, you know, that they put in there. Curry is one of those things that, uh, those spices that will add a lot of heat to a dish. And so you do have to be, you know, very careful, you know, unless you like, you know, that kind of food, that palate. And you'll find it in a lot of Jamaican cooking, you know, with your jerk chicken and that kind of thing that I really adore. I like a little heat, Kevin, so... But it was good because the um, the kale had the it had coconut milk, and so uh, that's the you uh, you cook the k- kale in that, and it kind of wilted down, so it wasn't you know it was nice and soft, uh, but it uh, had a good flavor to it, and it was interesting because it was it was liquidy. So I, I kept looking at the picture of the thing, and I'm thinking I don't because I wasn't sure if all of the liquid was supposed to cook down or not, but it, it ended up sort of being a nice little sauce. Uh, to go along with the catfish. So uh, three uh, three really good meals. And again, I don't endorse one or the other, but if you enjoy uh, cooking uh, and experimenting in the kitchen and you want to improve your your cooking techniques, your chopping and your sautéing and various other types of uh, uh, kitchen activities, uh, I would recommend trying out one of the many uh, different uh, uh, you know home services now uh, popping up. And it looks like, I think... Um, did I hear that uh, maybe Walmart or some of them now they're going to be started uh, showing up in uh, in grocery stores as well? So it's it, to me it's a lot of fun and you get some good uh, types of uh, food that you might not try otherwise. Well, you know there are a lot of new um, businesses, Kevin, as well as some very old ones that are you know doing prepackaged meals. Some of them you know you have all of these dishes that are cooked and frozen, and you just run by and pick them up. Some of them are serving them you know warm. There is one place that I'm familiar with that is in um, Byron, Mississippi, and then we have another uh, local place on Lakeland Drive that you can just kind of run in and, you know, grab a few things. But you're right, grocery stores are picking up because consumers really like the idea of, you know, people are very busy, you know, to be able to have things that are pre-done for them, measured out, and all they have to do is go home and warm it up a little bit. When I say that's the thing, I, I'm not going there. I, to me, I'm sticking with the you don't just warm it up, you're actually making it. What I like, though, is, again, it, with me, it's two meals, so it it's a little bit more. But one thing about single, being single, is a lot of recipes you see, you know, it, there's so much that it, it's it's you have a lot of leftovers. But this, uh, basically, one box from any of the places would last me about a week, which to me is, you know, it's good because it, you eat it and then none of the food goes stale or sour or whatever you eat it up in time and so it's a lot of fun and again i don't i'm I'm shouldn't downplay because the the idea of the grab it and warm it up is good too but to me you know i do like chopping and and learning how to do some of the other things in the kitchen and and that kind of thing and i'm really proud of you for that it's you know it's great to see you post pictures whether it's on instagram or facebook and you've cooked something and you know and it's it's that whole idea of being creative and putting your hands on it and seeing the finished product and being able to taste it and and having that sense of achievement. And that's one of the things that I say, you know, it's a great way to bring kids into the kitchen and teach them, you know, levels of creativity. And for me, it's always a great way to get rid of stress. Cooking is one of those things that I do, Kevin, that really allows me to just get away from, you know, the day-to-day 
hodgepodge of whatever's going on in life and just relax a little. Well, that's true. Although the one time I had the the pizza dough and it wasn't stretching <laughs> properly and it kept coming holes on it, uh, that was a little <laughs> stressful. But no, other than that, you're right. And again. You know, again, some people like it, some people don't, but I think we both enjoy the idea of getting in the kitchen and chopping and preparing and mixing and, and uh, ending up with a finished product that you en- that you enjoy eating. And I've been lucky in that both of the services I use, I don't think I've really come across a, a meal that I've not enjoyed. Uh, the flavors are very good. And so far, fingers crossed, knock on wood, <laughs> uh, I haven't had any kind of major disasters to where the food did not turn out properly. So, hey, we're going to be talking about uh, desserts today, and you brought in a couple of winners uh, tell us what you brought in today. Well, one of the things that I brought in today, Kevin, is a peach cobbler pound cake. And this cake is super decadent. It's really moist. And um, it literally is a combination of peach cobbler and pound cake in one fantastic dish. It's perfect served cold or warm. It, it's just really moist, yummy dish. The other thing that I brought in, Kevin, is sweet potato pie. And it's so light. That's the world-famous Deborah Hunter sweet potato pie. You heard it from Kevin himself. (laughs) Uh, What I really love about the pie that I've created is that it is a pie that you can eat all year round. It's not heavy. It's very light. It's it's very fluffy. And, you know, it's that perfect bite of, you know, satisfy your sweet tooth no matter what time of the year it is. And it's a wonderful addition to your Easter table. You know, along with all of those other yummy things that, you know, my mom would always make a a coconut cake this time of year. And that's a very popular cake. Uh, So there are just so many desserts that we're going to be doing over the, you know, the holiday, Kevin. And I'm really excited about that. And I'm looking forward to, you know, spending a little time with my family as well. So if you've ever seen me in person, you would know that I'm someone who enjoys a good dessert. And (laughs) that sweet potato pie really is. I mean, it is just so, so good. And then today... As an added benefit, you said you had just taken it out of the oven, so we had it. It was warm. So, well, that's one of those products, Kevin, that I'm really hoping that we will be able to venture into the marketplace with. I'd like to see it on grocery store shelves and people running in, or even partnering with somebody like Blue Apron. Who knows? You know. But yeah, it's just so so creamy, uh, and um, it's just the be- probably the, the the best sweet potato pie I think I've ever tasted. So yeah, and if anybody's interested in buying the recipe, I'm saying a million and a half <laughs> bucks. You know, it's yours. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We've got a guest coming up afterwards. We're going to be talking with Joan Milroy from Mississippi State University about the upcoming 28th annual International Fiesta. You're listening to Deep South Dining. We're looking for your input, as we always do this uh, Monday morning. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're going to be talking about desserts throughout the hour, but also <clears throat> we do have a special guest with us on the line. So let's say good morning to Joan Milroy from the Mississippi State University Homes Cultural Diversity Center. Joan, Joan thanks for joining <laughs> us on the show this morning. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, 
with the World Neighbors Association, and we're working cooperatively with the Homes Coastal Diversity Center. Okay. And um, we have a big event coming up. It's the 28th International Fiesta. And what it there is is it's a gathering of international groups, and we have 52 different booths that will be at the Fiesta this year. And um, one of the highlights, besides the flag parade and the children's activities and entertainment is the fact that the student groups will make food from their countries. Oh, wow. So um, we had um, last year our winners um, in the food contest were from um, Turkey, um, Morocco, um, Sri Lanka, then Vietnam, and and um, anyway. <laughs> and other years we've had them from Turkey, Bangladesh, Nepal and Iran. So um, every year we have a food judging contest, and the winners get to brag about how wonderful their food is. And I'll tell you, it is amazing, just amazing. Well, Joan, listening to you talk, it just made me feel like I was on an international vacation. So that sounds like for somebody that really has a rich food palate, this is a perfect event for them to attend. It is. It is. And you know what? You don't have to buy a plane ticket or anything. You just need to come to Starkville and to MSU campus. And it's it's a trip around the world without buying anything um, except your food. <laughs> <laughs> so it's free admission. Everyone's welcome. Um, last year, the, the first place winner was a, um, uh, a recipe called um, Finger Baklava. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that's ever had baklava, it is the most luxurious dessert ever um you know it's made with nuts and butter and phyllo dough and mm. sugar and more sugar and um <laughs> vanilla <laughs> extract and honey um and um it is just wonderful and the nuts you know sometimes it's made with walnuts and sometimes pistachios um so it varies but i imagine that pecans would be really good in this recipe too um so anyway um it is it is just a delight. Um, the other winner this last year was um, coconut cookies. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that sounds which funny. were really really good. Um, other years we've had things that look like donut holes, but they're even better. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we've had layered fruit popsicles um, oh, made by the Latino group. So um, you can't you can't go wrong coming to this place and and experiencing some of these absolutely marvelous desserts. So, Joan, tell us how um, you judge for the best food taste. How how does that happen? Yeah, I don't have my cheat sheet with me on that one. (laughs) My cheat sheet's on other things. Um, It's generally um, texture, appearance, um, uh, how it... um, like with the baklava, you know, the texture is so important. You don't want the, the phyllo dough needs to be, you know, a little bit crispy, um, yet not too crispy, you know. So um, they, they kind of look at the texture and um, and and so forth. I, I've never actually, I've been in charge of the judging, but never had the opportunity. But I'll tell you, we have a waiting list of people that want to be judges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was it just thinking Kevin and I should be on that too. food contest judge <laughs> right. list. <laughs> we'll invite you next year. That'd be great. We'd love to have you come up and be one of our judges. Um, and we're actually going to have Mark Koblenz, the um, the junior chef that is, um, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's going to be one of our judges. So 
um, we're really excited because he's right here in Starkville. Well, he's Charlotte, such a great Charlotte. kid. We were actually yeah. with Mark on this week at the uh, Mississippi Food Network, and he uh, showed up with his wonderful blackberry cobbler, and it definitely was a crowd pleaser. And I believe wow. he is going to be featured on an upcoming cooking show on MPB TV, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely You're right. You're correct. You're correct. So, yes, Joan. Yes. Did you did you say that the the the, the people that prepare the food are they're all student groups? Yes, yes. The student groups are the ones that are allowed to enter into the competition. But there's there's community groups like we have Latino women that um, do some stuff, and um, over the years there have been other um, you know foreign people that have have actually had booths. There was a woman from Libya that did it for quite a few years, and um, but mainly it's the student groups and um, you know. Some of them, I mean, they're just, I mean, they just are so proud of their fabulous food, and rightly so. It's so good. <laughs> so the the International Fiesta, I guess the idea is, you know, bringing cultures together, and, and food certainly is, is a great way to do that. Exactly, exactly. They have displays about their countries um, or multiple countries, country or countries, like the African Student Association has uh, multiple um, countries represented there. And they'll have maps about their countries and displays and items from their countries. And, you know, the idea is that everyone comes and they learn a little bit because this is an educational location at Mississippi State. And they um, are asked questions. They wear their national costumes. And we start out with a parade of flags where we have like 130 flags and then we march across the drill field and people are in their costumes and, and we have a, um, a, a band, well, a percussion group, uh, a samba percussion group leading the parade and, and, um, and then we have entertainment that goes on from 11 till 3. And it's amazing because they wear their costumes and they have fans and they have, drums and they have i mean you name it It, it's just amazing and then we have an area for children's activities we have inflatables and we have crafts and origami and um we have calligraphy people that will write your name in korean or chinese or arabic or whatever i mean it's it's just some a way to learn so much in a short amount of time and to make friends you know one-on-one i get to know you you get to know me and um it's just one of those days that it's everyone looks forward to that that has ever been before. They say, "Oh my gosh, when's it coming? When's it coming?" <laughs> so it, it's great. It's great. One of the things that I definitely know about food, Joan, is is that it really is bipartisan and it will cross lines and it will allow you to get to know and to love on people that you may have otherwise not, uh, you know, been so willing to say hello to. The other the other thing is is that I've learned is that. You know, the more different we think we are is actually the the more alike we really are. You know, it's, we all have the basic same human needs. Everybody wants to eat a delicious meal. You want to be loved. You want to take care of your family. And you really want to make great friends. So this sounds like a perfect event to do just that. You are you. You need to be a spokesman for the fiesta <laughs> in the future. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, that. Um, the logo for our World Neighbors Association is caring and sharing. And um, so essentially you we put it in two words and you did it more eloquently. So thank you very much. All right. So uh, give us some details. When, when are the hours uh, and where on campus uh, do the activities take place? Yes. Um, provided it's sunny, it's going to be on the MSU drill field, um, which is in the center of campus. 
Um, our flag parade starts in front of Allen Hall, and anybody is welcome to come and participate in the flag parade. So be there around quarter to 11 on Saturday, April 7th, and uh, march in the parade. And we will have entertainment going on till 3 o'clock, and then at 3 o'clock we'll announce the winners for the food contest, main dish, two main dish um, winners, and two dessert winners, and two display winners. Because um, we want to, we want you know people to learn about the countries too. This is educational, and um, and again the um, <clears throat> the groups that are participating they they are just all so friendly and they they want to they want you to ask questions. They want to explain. They want to tell you. So um, I used to teach at MSU. One of my things that I would do is I would tell the students, okay, you go to the siesta and ask you know five different people questions. And they said, well, what do we ask? What do we ask? I said, oh, what's your major? And one of the guys said, oh, I'm a golf major. And I said, well, go and ask five different countries about golf in their country. And he came back and said, I learned so much, and this was such fun, and I'm going again next year. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's just let's learn about each other and make friends, and it's great. It's great. I guess also uh, folks might not realize uh, the diversity that is there on, on the Mississippi State University campus. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They don't. And and then when you put them all together, they look at each other and say, oh, I didn't know you guys were here, too. I mean, even the foreign students don't know who else is there. So it, it's really funny. We have fun. It's really um, – so, you know, we have a Spanish group, but it's multiple Spanish countries. And we have um, – we have the Muslim Student Association. That's multiple different countries, and you know Iraq and Sri Lanka and and Iran and Bangladesh and um, Turkey and African Student Association, which is multiple. Saudi Arabia. They they just started last year coming. Um, so we last year was the first year we saw that student group. Chinese and um, Taiwanese. So you name it. Um, we've got it, and it, it just if you want to learn anything about any country in the world you come to this and you can ask a zillion questions and it's great and it's a great way to promote the university as well because it really is what america is it's a melting pot of of people and cultures and ideas and educational ideas and food and moving forward and i think you know this is a perfect time in history of you know for that kind of event to be happening you know for us to stay really broad about loving on each other and getting to know your neighbors you know Exactly, exactly. So, Joan, uh, where can someone go to find out more information about the, the Fiesta? Yeah, um, it is um, go to the MSU um, webpage uh-huh. and then click on Homes Cultural Diversity Center. All right. Hey, Joan, and thanks. Then, uh, go ahead. And then events will get you to the International Fiesta. Very good. And it's the 28th Annual International Fiesta. Thanks to Joan uh-huh. Milroy for telling us a little bit about it this coming Saturday. Joan, thanks for joining us this no, morning. No, no, not this coming Saturday. April the 7th. A week 7. from the sa- I'm sorry. My bad. A week from Saturday. All right, April so 7th. It, and um, 11 till 3 is what it's advertised, but come early and carry a flag. Very good. Joan, thanks for joining us, letting us know about this upcoming event. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. It's our buddy Frank from Jackson. Good Get morning, Frank. Get out of here. What? Frank has risen from the dead? Are you serious? Exactly right. Good morning to the whole team. <laughs> hey, kiddo. How are you? Pretty good. My wife and I have come up with a, a little slogan that cooking is the art 
of making the inedible palatable. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it really fits. You know, how many times do you walk across a, a meadow and see a cow and want to jump on it and bite into it? You just don't want to do <laughs> But uh, on the other hand, I've been uh, dealing with a, uh, a disease the last 10 years, and I kind of prided myself on keeping my weight under control. And the doctors kept telling me, Frank, you got to put on some extra weight because the day will come where you will not want to eat. I poo-pooed this for 10 years. Well, this cold season, I had two colds consecutively, and I lost my appetite. And over the space of two months, I lost 30 pounds. Wow. But I know how to put it back on by eating some of uh, Honey's food. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nothing like a little sweet potato pie to make you feel better, Frank. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, we're uh, we're happy you're doing much better now. Oh, yeah. You haven't heard from me for a while, have you? No, No, we've missed you. Yeah, well, I was uh, coughing and hawking and spitting and and sleeping all day. Um, But um, I'm putting the weight back on. I had a scare with my potassium being really low because I was... um, too much, too many liquids are coming out of my all of my orifices, and it was a real scare. I was having um, symptoms. I was in the dentist chair and I started having convulsions. Mm. And of course, my wife said, "You're just afraid." <laughs> said, no, I'm not afraid. But we found out that my potassium was 50 percent lower than the lowest recommended value. So oh. I've been taking supplements and I feel a lot better now. But it's good to know that I finally have permission to eat some good. Honey food. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, Frank, but sweet potatoes is a great source of potassium. So whether you are baking them or just having a tiny bite of pie, we wish you well always. I don't tiny bite, but you're right. <laughs> and right. I, I appreciate the upbeat of, of the show. It's so upbeat and so positive all the time. And I, I, I keep telling you guys you need to have a drawing so people can, you know, have an opportunity to come into the studio and taste some of this food. Well, you know what? I'm going to be making an announcement really soon, but there will be a food tasting because we are releasing our first cookbook. It is called My Delicious Mississippi Life, and I've just got a date confirmed for June the 8th, and so just look forward, Frank, to seeing you and your family there. Outstanding. All right. Praise the Lord. Goodbye. Thanks for calling, Frank. Good to hear from you. Uh, Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue the show talking about desserts and also reminding folks April 7th, that's a week from Saturday, the 28th annual International Fiesta at Mississippi State University, a chance to sample food from around the world. We'll be back with more Deep South Dining after this break. MPB a lot. I learned the symptoms of a female heart attack from Southern Remedy, and it helped me to save a co-worker's life. That's my MPB story. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. 
We're going to spend the rest of the show talking about dessert this morning. Uh, if you have a favorite dessert that you prepare for Easter or just any time you and your family need a good sweet, let us know. Cakes, pies, cookies, uh, whatever your specialty is, give us a call and uh, tell us about it. We've got some open phone lines. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or if there is a favorite place in your part of Mississippi that serves great desserts, uh, let us know about that as well. So uh, we talked about your cookbook, and it's uh, finally here. It's going to be coming out soon, and I'm sure there's kind of be a dis- uh, dessert section. Uh, <laughs> any chance the sweet potato pie recipe is going to be in there? It ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, that that ain't happening, Kevin. Sorry, I told you that. You, you know, that's under lock and key. And and again, if anybody's interested in buying it, we'll sell it. But yeah, that's yeah, that's that's just one of those recipes. You know, when I first started here, that was one of the first recipes that was asked for. And I, you know, told everybody my mother would kill me. And <laughs> and she has not changed her mind about that, Kevin. <laughs> so that remains the family secret. Oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. All right. So let's talk about, say, when you're baking uh, either cakes or pies or some sort of sweets when you go in the kitchen. What do you think are some uh, common mistakes uh, that folks make, There's things to kind of look out for when you're preparing sweets? Well, you know, one of the things that I I really want to talk about is like when you're putting together a cake, especially from scratch, the thing that you want to make sure that you do starting off is making sure that your butter and your sugar is creamed really well together. You want to make sure that, that you get that really light, yellow, fluffy feeling when you mix the two together. Start off by letting your butter, you know, uh, at room temperature. The other thing is that if you want to keep a little extra moisture in cake, for instance, if your cake calls for two sticks of butter, you may want to do one stick of butter and do the uh, second uh, stick of uh, like a heavier oil, for instance, like a Crisco oil, and kind of blend that together. And what I found is that the cakes will stay moister, moist longer. Um, the other thing is, is making sure that the oven is not overly heated. You want to turn your oven on, you know, preheating about 15 or 20 minutes before. But if it says 350 degrees, a lot of times it means 350 degrees. You don't want to take that temperature up too high or too low because it can affect how your cakes, you know, rise or not rise at all. Uh, One thing that I've discovered is that um, there's a difference between softened butter and melted butter. There's a huge difference, and absolutely. So, but that thing I've learned, too, is if, if and, you know, because I like to make a pound cake and it calls for softened butter, uh, you really do need to bring the butter out, you know, I would say maybe even half an hour before um, before you start baking or, cook, put, put, you know, assembling, because I think the softer the butter is, the easier it's going to be when you, when you cream it. A- absolutely. And if you liquefy that butter, what you'll find is that the end result is a lot of times the cake will either be too heavy at the end or you'll find that the oils will separate and it'll be, and you can feel the oil content actually in the bite of cake itself. Uh, my other tip would be uh, when doing uh, pies, uh, sometimes the crust gets overly cooked. And so I've learned the secret of the uh, foil. So if you, especially true of uh, chess pie, which is one of my absolute favorites. And unfortunately, a couple of times I've made it, it looks good until you cut into it and then it's a little bit soupy. Uh, so I've learned that trick of putting a foil, uh, you know, maybe about halfway through, put foil around the outside of the pie uh, so that the that you don't overcook the uh, the crust uh, while you're letting the inside cook enough to be firm. 
Absolutely. Depending on the pie that you're making, you can end up with an overcooked pie crust, Kevin, or an undercooked pie crust. And a lot of times what will happen, especially, for instance, like with a sweet potato pie, if you're not careful, the very bottom of the pie won't have a done consistency. Sometimes it can end up being a little bit doughy. So in that case, what you want to do is take about eight minutes and pre-bake the pie crust itself before you actually pour the filling in. So it, again, it depends on the recipe that you're using, you know, what are you cooking, all that makes a difference in the end result. And I also would say that old uh, trick about the, the uh, toothpick in the center of a cake certainly is uh, a necessary one because that really will tell you uh, whether you've got it cooked enough or not. If you can stick the toothpick in and pull it out and there's nothing on there, you know that your cake's ready to go. If it gets if you get some cake stuff on there, you need to leave it in for a little bit longer. A- absolutely. Really funny story, Kevin. Um, so I, I can't believe I'm really finna confess this. <laughs> but I, I cooked a cake one day and I didn't really check it and I cooked it in a hurry. I was just in a really, and it was so pretty on the outside. And so I cooled it, put it in the cake box and headed to the event, walked in the kitchen and I was getting ready to slice and it wasn't done. <laughs> and so you're right. You want to always make sure that you, you know, you check, double check to make sure uh, that your cake is done in the center. And a lot of times if you find that it is browning too fast on the top, you can again place foil over the top of the c- container, Kevin, and um, reduce the heat just a tiny bit and allow it to continue to cook. Well, you should have just told everybody that you had invented cake soup. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Kevin, no. <laughs> uh, Bill called in this morning from Greenwood. Bill, good morning. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, good doing? morning, uh, Bill. I was watching uh, Rick Steves on Mississippi Public Broadcasting one time. He was in Belgium. There was a lot of vendors there selling, uh, well, they didn't call them French fries. They called them fries, I think, or something else. Pommes frites. But, uh, he got some, and he said it was very unusual because there's no ketchup here to put mm-hmm. on them. They don't have any ketchup. They put mayonnaise, mayonnaise. on them yep. with salt and pepper. So I thought that would be a pretty good idea. I tried it. I really liked it. But then my family, they got so mad with me because I wasn't using ketchup no more. They'd hide the mayonnaise <laughs> from me, and they just ridiculed me. And I was wondering if you ever had anybody ridicule you for enjoying something that's kind of odd. Well, not really odd, but odd. (laughs) Well, absolutely. You know, uh, most people, believe it or not, Bill, eat the same consistent food types every week of their entire life. We, we introduce ourselves to and our children to palates very young, and most people are very skeptical about moving outside. Um, but one of the things that I've learned is to try new things, to you know, try bites together. You will come up with creative ideas. And if you like something, irregardless to the person sitting across you don't enjoy it, I say indulge yourself, make yourself happy. There are certain foods that I've tried uh, that I may not ever want to try again. But I've also had the experience of trying something new and falling in love. So I say go for it. And, and Bill, you're you're absolutely right. Everywhere in Europe, I think the the strange looks would be for the ketchup on the uh, the pommes frites, the French fries, and, and not the mayonnaise. So you at least have some kindred spirits over there on the other side of the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, well, I still use mayonnaise. All right, y'all. Bye bye. Good call, Thanks, Bill. Bill. Thanks for joining us. There's some Frenchmen going. Oh my God! I can't believe you're ruining the fries, Kevin. <laughs> Actually, for mayonnaise um, on the the um, the. Uh, Philly cheesesteak sandwich I made from Blue Apron, it actually, you put mayonnaise on the bun before toasting it. And also I saw somewhere that suggested 
substituting mayonnaise for butter when you're making a grilled cheese sandwich because it it, it browns up the bread nicer and and uh, and adds a little crispiness to the bread. So absolutely, My, mayonnaise is one of those uh, uh, items, Kevin, that can be used for many many things, including baking cakes. So uh, we've got some time left. We're looking for your thoughts this morning about desserts. What's your favorite dessert? Maybe you have a special dessert that you'll cook for the Easter holiday that's coming up or just any time you want to please you and your family. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So you had a fruit cobbler pound cake, but when making a good cobbler, what uh, what are the secrets there? What do you think are some tips and suggestions for someone uh, to, to have a successful cobbler? Go to your grandmother's house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't care how good my cobbler is. It is, it is something about, you know, the grandmama putting her hands on a cobbler that just changes the whole idea, Kevin. But one of the things that I'll, I like to do with a cobbler is I, I actually like to start with fresh, um, you know, fruit. C- can items are fine, and you can create really great cobblers with that. But, you know, f- fresh blackberries, f- fresh blueberries, fresh strawberries. And Mississippi is plentiful in all of those things, you know, in, the, in its right season. The other thing that I really like is I like rolling out my own dough. So that will add to, you know, the, the freshness and the, the wonderful bite that you have. And a lot of times you can substitute if you don't want to use, you know, so much sugar. You can halfen it and add in a little bit of honey, you know, to give it that extra thickness and, and texture that you want from a cobbler. Uh, when I lived in Hattiesburg uh, in high school and college, our backdoor neighbor made great cobbler, and she used the Bisquick recipe, which is very, very good, uh, easy to do, but uh, it's, you know, it, it, she, it was always good. It was one of those where every time she made some, she would bring some over to us, and it was always well appreciated. Free food is always appreciated, Kevin. <laughs> We've got our buddy Tim from Louisiana on the line this morning. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, y'all. You know, um, hey, first, Tim. I want to cover some business first, okay? All right. Y'all need to give out more often an, an address or something where somebody could send a dollar or two to you, you know? Some right. of us don't have plastic that we charge to and need to be rounded up on, you know? <laughs> All righty. So, you know, but want to support you, you know? But, you know, and some of us don't have Internet access, you know? Understand. Some of us live in the swamp, you know, <laughs> I, on a dirt road. <laughs> I hear you, Tim. <clears throat> but anyhow, uh, item number two is: you all know what an empanada is? Yes. I want to know how to make a proper empanada crust, and how when you make that sort of thing, you seal the edges, you know. Well, I I, I, I'm completely clueless. It's Kevin. like a it's like a, a Latin turnover, basically. I think, right, Tim? So, like yeah, a fruit like filled a, a, meat, a meat pie. Ah, okay. they're also though there... you can make fruit in them as well. I think. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. oh yes. There there are like forty different kinds. I, I I used to surf in Mexico, and there was like one particular beach where old ladies would make these empanadas. You know, and back in the 1920s. The uh, rednecks in Los Angeles burned out Chinatown, and a bunch of them run down into Mexico. And there was these Chinese ladies, Chinese-Mexican ladies, who made sort of different empanadas than anybody else. But the crust was all the same. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you I know... I wonder how you make a crust that will travel like that, you know? 
I don't know, but I know that uh, to seal them is, is always, you know, crimp it with a um, with a fork, and that way it seals it up. It gives you that nice uh, pattern on the edge. And I'm sure there's probably a light egg wash around the seal. With most doughs, when you're making turnovers and that kind of thing, you want to just take a light egg wash and uh, create that seal before you even crimp it, Kevin. So I'm sure, and then and I'm sure that there may be even an egg wash over the top of the the dough before you fry it or or bake it. Um, more but, than sure about that. But on that, Tim, you've you've stumped us. So maybe we'll do some research and, and all right, and well, try to come I up come with something. Up with it, I'll call you and share it with you. All right, very good. Y'all have a groovy day. Good you to hear too, from you, Tim. Let's take one final break. When we get back, we'll wrap up the show. We've been talking about desserts this morning. Also want to remind you about the upcoming 28th Annual International Fiesta at Mississippi State University, a chance to sample food from around the world. That's coming up a week from Saturday, April 7th. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Back to wrap up the show after this. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We've been talking about dessert throughout the hour. Uh, looking for your favorite dessert to make when your family needs a sweet treat or a place that you go, or maybe a restaurant in your area that serves a delicious dessert. Some time left and some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can send an email to food at org. <clears throat> I mentioned chess pies being one of my favorite desserts. Another one that I like, and that is the tre leche cake. Uh, which to me is one of the moistest cakes you can get because it's got, I think it's that uh, condensed milk in there. It but, is. Uh, it's fun to make, too, because you have to poke holes in the cake and you pour that in there. And it's uh, <laughs> actually, that was one of the years I won the holiday baking contest here it was the tre leche cake. So. That's a wonderful cake, and I like it when you top it off with uh, strawberries or something. Uh, see, yeah, that's too nice. Uh, is, is it going too far you're, for you're you? You're ruining it, though. You're oh, my it. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia's on the line from Paris, Mississippi, this morning. Good morning, Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Well, good morning. A good dessert for the kids are the boiled cookies. And you give them their ration of oatmeal, and you can add raisins in there, and they are just delicious. Mm-hmm. So, Cynthia, how do you like telling people that you live in Paris? <laughs> I love Paris. I just live in Paris. <laughs> The Paris, and I go, yes, the Paris. The Paris. <laughs> All right, uh, Cynthia, good call. You know, that's the, the cookies are certainly, you know, a go-to. I love chocolate chip cookies, and as Cynthia said, oatmeal cookies are another one that you can, uh, she said, put, maybe put some raisins in there. Uh, if you wanted to be fancy, you could put the golden raisins, maybe some uh, pecans or, or other kinds of nuts in there. So that's always, uh, and they're they're healthy that way. I mean, I always feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting some good good uh, fiber in there with my oatmeal. The great thing, too, about cookies or even cakes during the Easter holidays is that you can make all of these wonderful designs, you know, from Easter eggs to bunny rabbits, which I think is really great. And the kids really like being able to do that, whether you're using a cookie cutter, you know, or cutting the dough out by hand. It's just always a lot of fun. Uh, adding to my list of favorite desserts, tiramisu. Oh, I love uh, tiramisu. That good. Although it's interesting because it's made with uh, coffee, uh, but I don't like coffee, but it's just the hint of it, I think, that does it well. But, boy, that's uh, that's always a good dessert as well. Got another call to get to. We've got uh, Wayne from Long Beach this time. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, Wayne. Good, good morning. Uh, all the sweet potato pie, I've been doing it longer than I really want to remember. <laughs> but uh, I uh, bake my sweet potatoes in a cold oven, put them in at 475, 
turned it to 475 after I get the sweet potatoes in. No foil, no nothing, just bake the sweet potatoes. And I can make a sweet potato pie with those uh, that requires very, very little sugar because I had two daughters that are diabetic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you might want to put aluminum foil underneath the potatoes so you doesn't the juices don't stick to your pan. But uh, you can make a sweet potato pie with very little added sugar in there. That's right. The, the, the baking them will actually force those sugars, uh, Kevin, that are naturally found into, you know, the potato to... Uh, well, it's, it's an extremely it's complex carbohydrate, and the initial shock of that high temperature for about 20 minutes and then turn it down to like 350, 375 and finish them until they're soft. But that uh, increases the shock value to that uh, very complex carbohydrate system. And uh, I was a sweet potato breeder for over 30 years. <laughs> and so uh, that's, the, that's the way that, well, we designed that uh, sand case and not the University of Georgia, uh, figure that out. And, uh, but it really, really works, and it's, it's so much better than uh, a steamed sweet potato in, you know, aluminum foil. Right. All and right. the other thing I want to mention, just a second, is sure. that I make bread pudding. Oh, yeah. And oh, I yeah. use French bread, mm-hmm. half French bread and half leftover biscuits. Uh-huh. And it makes a thick one. All it right. It's a thicker, firmer bread pudding than the, the, you know, the I don't like mushy bread pudding. Um, right. I agree with you. I don't, I don't want my bread pudding to get too too mushy. I like a nice, firm bite. Uh, and, and that way golden, I can... Golden raisins and coconut with, you know, whatever topping you want, bourbon or... Uh, whatever uh, with a butter sauce, and then I add a bourbon or, you know, scotch or something to it for the top. <laughs> All right, Wayne, thanks for the call. The, you know, it points out that using the natural sweetness of the sweet potato there and add bread pudding to the list of desserts that I like. Um, <clears throat> Java found us a list of uh, metro area sweets. Uh, this comes courtesy of eatjackson.com. And just for thus, those of us here in central Mississippi, the, the wide variety of things that you could eat, uh, the Crazy Cat Bakers in Highland Village serves bread pudding, caramel banana cheesecake from the Heart and Soul Diner in Brandon, double chocolate chip brownie at the Iron Horse Grill in Jackson, strawberry cake at Primo's in Ridgeland and Flowood, tiramisu at Bravo in Jackson, and the Manship Wood-Fired Kitchen in Bellhaven. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Just a lot of great desserts. Uh, so we are very fortunate here in central Mississippi to have so many d- delicious desserts to choose from. Uh, milkshakes at the Brent's Drug in Fondren also. I've had oh, those. Those are very yeah, good. Although I'll yummy. say I went to a place, a uh, a, um, a burger chain, one of the ones we have here in Jackson, and they served their milkshakes, but they had a very thick, a big fat straw. And I thought that was the best thing because I love a milkshake, but when they're good and thick, they give you that tiny little thin little <laughs> straw, and you're like, it's impossible to get the, the milkshake out of the container. Well, well the, see, but the great thing for the about the tiny little straw, Kevin, for those of us who need a little extra Botox, I mean, it just it just kind of works. <laughs> What about homemade ice cream? Have you ever done that? Oh, absolutely. Quick, easy recipe for homemade ice cream. Uh, Kevin, if you've got a little bit of um, sweet condensed milk, a little heavy cream, just a tiny bit of sugar, your favorite 
um, flavor, you know, whether it's vanilla or maple, whatever, and just a little drop of that in it and just turn the blender on and allow it to whip up nice and, and smooth. And then if you add in just a little bit of um, Cool Whip and allow it to firm up in there and chill it off. It's simple, as quick, as easy, opposed to the old-fashioned, you know, cooking and that kind of thing. And then, you know, you're putting it in a churner and that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, quick and easy. I have a the... self-freeze. Uh, I, do, I do remember the back in the day when I was younger, you know, the... You had the rock salt, and you had, yeah. the, and it was a lot of big. It was fun, but it was a lot of work. And I got uh, one of the, um, I think uh, might be Cuisinart, but it's an electric thing. And so you basically freeze the base, and then you have an electric paddle in there that turns. And I have found that um, sorbet uh, is really good, and it's easy. It's basically fruit juice and sugar. Uh, but I've made a, a fresh watermelon sorbet for in the summertime when the watermelons are good. And you basically, what I've done is, you, everyone knows there's a lot of juice in watermelons, but even if you sort of strain the watermelon pulp through uh, a sieve, uh, you get a lot of fresh watermelon juice. And like I say, then add it with the sugar, put it in the machine, it zips it up there, and it's very, very fresh, very cold. So in the summer months, uh, sorbet is certainly a, a, one of my favorite treats. Well, watermelon is just one of my favorites, period, Kevin, whether you're doing ice cream or lemonade or just taking the watermelon juice and mixing it with some fresh mint and just having it as a cool drink. It's just one of those things that brings back a lot of childhood memories, and it's uh, it's perfect. It's getting hot in a little bit, so great summertime treat. One other thing here as we close out our dessert show is I remember the old Iron Chef show that was on Food Network, the one that originated in uh, Japan. They always had an ice cream machine there, and it was always amazing to me the different things that they would use to make quote-unquote ice cream like salmon and just, I mean, whatever they thought they could, they would put it in that ice cream machine and make it a frozen thing. And again, I don't know if we could necessarily call it ice cream, but uh, that thing was their their food culture was so much different from ours. I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, that original Iron Chef show, to watch just the crazy stuff that they used to cook on there. Well, that goes back to this festival that's coming up on the 7th, Kevin. It really is, you know, I would encourage everybody to just kind of broaden your palates, you know, try something different. Don't be afraid to do it. Stay tuned. Up next on Now You're Talking, Deborah Hunter will be on. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from our listeners. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, who is also our call screener today, I believe. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey, featuring Deborah Hunter, comes up next, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.